Welcome again to uh, Alpine Church. My name is Joel Daly, and I'm the lead pastor here. And I don't have a card with me, but um, if, oh, I do, it's under my thing. Um, hey, if, if you're a regular with us, this service is a little bit different order this morning. We're trying something new, so uh, maybe some of you went to sit down after the first song. We fooled you. But, um, you know, a special welcome uh, for you if you're a guest with us this morning. Uh, this is our welcome card, our connect card, that uh, if this is your first time, or maybe you haven't filled this out yet, we would love to know that you were here. We would love to know what you thought of the service. And uh, if you do fill this out, you can just give it to uh, the McKinney's at the welcome desk, and they would love to uh, connect with you. And then also, if you want to do this online, you can go to our website, alpinechurch.org slash west-haven, and click that red Get Connected button. Uh, and it's just this digitally. And then also, if you know, if you have anything that we can be praying for or about, or even you know, good things that are going on in your lives, uh, you can click that blue button to let us know about those things. We have a great team that prays over those weekly, so uh, do that. And then also, we have a few upcoming events. Uh, I'm not going to highlight any of those now, but if you go to our website, you can check those out um, at alpinechurch.org/west-haven. All right. Well, this morning, did I introduce myself? Okay, good. I, I always forget, you know, you, you're up here and you forget what you've already said, but, um, you know, we're, we're starting this series this morning going through the book of Galatians, and this is such a good series for where we live here in Utah, uh, for our neighbors, for our family, but, but especially for us, everyone in this room. And so if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps on your phone, I encourage you to open it to Galatians 1. And if you took one of our Bibles, I'll just show you where Galatians is. It's right there, okay? It's toward the end of the book. So if, if you don't know, is it the beginning, the end? It's toward the end, okay? Um, and this is a, a letter that, that Paul wrote, and we'll talk about that more in a minute. But I want to start by asking you a question, okay? So what is the thing that separates professionals from the rest of us? What is the thing that separates professionals from the rest of us? You know, whether this is an athlete, maybe this is a musician, maybe someone at the top of their business, something like that. Um, why are we not all professionals? I think one of the main reasons we're not all professionals is because professionals have mastered the basics. They've mastered the basics. You know, you talk to Michael Jordan, how many shots uh, he took every single day, way more than anyone else, the basic shots, focusing on the basic things that he needed to do to get that ball to go in the hoop, right? You, you see, you know, I, I'm a, I, I love golf. I never thought I would say that. Like, I like watching golf but also uh, playing golf. And I watch these guys, you know, and gals hit the ball so perfectly. And I'm like, oh, I could go out and do that. And then I go out and I, you know, hit it in the pond every time, five times in a row. Um, and then end up leaving way early because I'm frustrated. Um, you know, I, th I think it's because I'm overlooking some of these basic principles uh, that you need to do to hit the ball straight, to get it to go where you want it to go, because you can't move on to the complicated technical stuff until you can master the basics. I, I was a music major for my undergrad, and for the first 10 years of my, of my life, I, was, I played violin. For the first 10 years, honestly, it's just 
the technique of it. It's just the basic things because you have to get those things if you want to do the flashy stuff that everyone likes, like the scales and the arpeggios and, and all those boring things. But that's going to transfer into you really becoming an expert in whatever you're doing. And that's, that's true in all of those things that I, that I mentioned, but it's also true in our spiritual lives, you see. And this is really one of the main reasons why Paul wrote the book of Galatians is to remind Christians of the foundational basics of the faith, okay? So uh, th- this is where we're going to be today. We're, today we're going to be in chapter one. Galatians is six chapters, So for the next six weeks, we're going to look at one chapter each week. And today is one gospel, one gospel. And and as we go through this, I I encourage you uh, to read through this. You know, don't just come and listen on Sunday morning. Open the book of Galatians each day. And and I think, you know, if you read Monday, if you read chapter one, Tuesday, chapter two, go Monday through Saturday, and then Sunday we'll talk through one of the chapters. You'll have read it six times through. It doesn't take long to read through the chapter, um, but you'll get so much more out of this, I promise, if you do that than if you're just here listening to me, okay? Um, And you can also put me to the test. If, I, if I'm actually teaching you what's in there, which I, I am, but um, you should find out for yourself. So uh, we're going to talk about, again, as I said, one gospel. And this is, you know, this is a fundamental basic thing that you, many of you in this room have probably heard. But I want to challenge you like I challenged myself with this question, okay? If someone came up to you and asked you to explain the gospel and how to have a relationship with Jesus, how would you react and what would you say? You know, because Jesus said, if you are my follower, go out into the world and, and share the truth about what I've done for you, what I've done for the world. And so many of us, I think, we overlook these basic truths. We, we forget and we jump ahead to other things. But, but we need to constantly, daily, come back to these truths. Because, it, because this is the truth, is that people will come up to you, and, and if they know you're a Christian, sometimes people, coworkers, friends, family, they'll ask you, you know, what do you believe? I hear this word gospel. What is, what is the gospel? How do I have a relationship with Jesus? You see, these are things that we would say, oh, that's a really basic thing. But if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of us would maybe freeze up. Uh, Where where do I start? What do I say? You know, we're worried that we're going to get it wrong. And so this is why this message is so important. This is why Paul shared this message with the Galatian church. You see, because there was a problem taking place in Galatia. A group of false believers infiltrated the Galatian churches to bring a different message. So Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this letter, Galatians is a letter, it's like Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, it's a letter to a specific church, a specific people during a specific time, and a lot of times it's to address, it's to praise the people, to to encourage the people, but a lot of times it's to challenge the people about something that's going on in the church. And what's going on in the church is that this group of, of false believers had, had come in and they were preaching something different than what Paul had preached. So modern-day Galatia is around Turkey, if, if, you know, in the Middle East. Um, and Paul, what he would do is he would spend time with these certain groups of people. 
And he would get to know them and he would hear about them. Paul and, and some of the people with Paul would preach the good news. And so this, Paul has already actually been in Galatia preaching the gospel. And then he hears that there's this problem that these people are coming and uh, preaching something different. You see, in these people, they, they could be classified as Jewish Christians because they were Jewish in that, okay, you have to continue to keep all these Jewish laws. You, have to, you, you still can't eat pork, right? You still have to s- celebrate all these other festivals, but also Jesus and the cross and grace and mercy. You see, that's what they were saying. That, that's what they were saying. They were, they were saying to Paul, well, you know, you got it kind of right, but you need to do this. These people are called the Judaizers. They, they believed in Jesus. They believed in the cross. They believed in the resurrection, but they added these other things to this message. They added these other things. And this is what, this is what Paul said. He, he says this in verse 10. He said, obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Because if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Now, this is, that, this is not what this is saying, is that you can be a jerk, okay? Just, just getting that out there, okay? This is not saying to be a jerk to people, but rather this is saying Paul doesn't really care about the consequences, about making people happy. He, he cares more about this message, the people getting it right, than he cares about pleasing people. And the Judaizers, as you can guess, they did not like Paul. They did not like Paul. They opposed Paul. And Paul didn't really care because Paul says, you know, if pleasing people were my goal, I wouldn't be Christ's servant. I would just say, oh, you know what? You know, whatever works for you is good. You believe whatever you believe, I believe, you know. But Paul is serious about this. Solving this problem is so important. He's going to put himself in danger to do it. And the Judaizers, they teach us a, a pretty valuable lesson, okay? The greatest spiritual danger is not from groups that deny Jesus, okay? It, it's not from the groups that are totally opposed to Jesus and the cross and the resurrections. It, the greatest danger is from groups that say, oh yeah, we, we believe in Jesus, we believe in the cross, we believe in the resurrection, but, but we also, you know, you also have to do this. That's the danger. That's the danger is, is people who, who affirm these biblical truths but then add other things to it. That's the danger because they're like, oh, you know, we, we, we believe in the Bible. We use the same terminology. We b- basically believe the same thing, right? We hear things like this. But at the core of what they're saying, they're undermining the truth of the gospel. You see, this is what the Judaizers said. They said salvation being saved is Jesus plus works. Jesus plus works. This is how we get right with God. Jesus is necessary, but Jesus isn't sufficient. Jesus is important, but Jesus isn't enough. Another way to put this is, is it's grace plus works. The grace of Jesus plus our effort, the things that we do, that's how we become right with Jesus. And there's so many religions that teach this in the world 2,000 years ago, but even today. There's so many religions that say, you know what? You do all that you absolutely can and work hard and do it, and then Jesus will take the rest. 
That's what the Judaizers were saying, is that the cross of Christ is not enough. Now, I do want to say this, because our works are good things not important to do. No, I'm not saying that. We should be people who do good things, right? But, but doing good things is the product of a relationship with Jesus. That's the product. The means to a relationship with Jesus is this, Jesus plus nothing. That's how we are made right with God. That's how we are saved. It's Jesus plus nothing. You see, Jesus is necessary and he's sufficient. See, I wore my shirt today. Just to see, it's on the screen, it's on my shirt, just so you'd notice, right? Today is Jesus plus nothing. Jesus did all the work. There's nothing more for us to do. He did everything. The Judaizers said, this is too simple. This is too easy. We have to do A, B, C, D, E. That's not what Paul said. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible communicates the only way we can have a relationship with God is Jesus plus nothing. That's how we are saved from our sin. You see, at the heart of this, Jesus plus nothing, is faith, is humility, is surrender. That's how we're made right with God. You know, and the only thing that we have to do, the Bible says, is we have to come to the end of ourselves. We have to say, you know what? I can't do this. I can't earn my salvation. I can't do enough good things. We have to recognize that Jesus did everything and place our faith and trust in Him. It's nothing of our doing. And so this is why Paul wrote this book of Galatians. It was in response to this false gospel, this false thing that the Judaizers were sharing with the people. Now, you know, we're all kids here. Some of us have kids. Um, you were raised, we were all raised in a certain household in a certain way. So, you know, whether it was in word or in action, to do and to like certain things. So like in my household, my kids will be Seattle Seahawks fans. There's no other option, okay? There's no other option or I will disown them. Just kidding, I won't disown my kids. Um, you know, but sometimes when we grow up, we deviate from what our parents taught us. Maybe it was, maybe it was religion, maybe it was... Uh, politics. You know, maybe uh, you were raised Sam's Club and you grew up and now you're Costco, right? Maybe it was Red Vine and now you're Twizzlers. Maybe, maybe you uh, were Chick-fil-A and now you're Popeyes. I just want to say one thing. There's two types of people in this world, okay? There's those who know Chick-fil-A is the best and then there's those who are wrong, Okay? But we were raised in this certain way, our parents, and in a, in a sense, Paul is taking responsibility kind of as their spiritual uh, uh, father in this, and he comes to them and he says, after he hears this, he says, I'm shocked that you're turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You're being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. So Paul comes, he writes this after he hears that, that these people are following this new way. And he says, I'm shocked that you're turning away from this grace to embrace 
this works-based religion. You know, this might look like the gospel on the surface, but it's a counterfeit. It has nothing to do with the gospel at all. I love, I love that he says, who deliberately twist the truth. Because, you know, it's not saying that they're, they're lying, but they're, but they're twisting the truth to make it seem like it's the same thing. It's kind of like a half-truth. They're, they're, you're not te- really telling the truth. You're leaving out certain things. You're adding little things that don't, you don't really think is a big deal, but actually changes the message totally. So we need to ask ourselves, you know, why, why did this Galatian church, after they had, had heard about the good news of grace and freedom, why did they choose to go back to works? Like, who, who in their right mind, like that's kind of the question that I'm asking myself, who in their right mind would, would experience the grace of Jesus only to turn around and go try to earn their salvation again? I think it, this speaks to a human condition that we all deal with. It's pride. It's ego. It, it's, it's us not being able to accept a free gift. Who, who, who has a hard time, and you can raise your spouse's hand if you want to, receiving gifts? Who's uncomfortable when they receive a gift? Come on, be honest. Come on. Okay, some of you aren't being honest, I know. Um, like, why do we struggle to receive a gift? Have you ever thought about that? Why, do, why, why when someone wants to do something nice for us, no, 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 you're not going to do that. Why do we do that? Again, I... I'll speak for myself, a lot of times it's pride. It's ego. I don't want, you don't need to get me that. I can pay for that myself. You know, I've watched people at restaurants argue for minutes over who's going to pay the bill. If you, if you ever take me to dinner and you offer to pay the bill, I'll say, okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. And then I'll remind you it's more of a blessing to give than to receive, right? You're, you're getting blessed through buying me dinner. But we have such a hard time accepting something that's free. I I love this story. Pastor Ross shared this. Uh, They were up at Roy Days years ago. And they were giving out free bottles of water. You know, it's, it's... it's midsummer. It's hot. People are. There's a ton of people out there. No one was. No one was giving away free bottles of water except for Ross's little table. They had free bottles of water, and they had a guy come up, and this guy said, "Okay, how much is the bottle of water?" And Ross said, "It's free." The guy said, "No, no, no, no. How how much is the bottle of water?" Ross said, it, "It's free. <laughs> like you could take it." And he said, "Everything else here costs money." Except for this, why is this free? He says, because we want to bless you with this. The guy walked away without it. I hope you're not in here, but that is so prideful, right? That is so arrogant. He couldn't accept a free bottle of water. Isn't that ridiculous? So like, if you can't accept this free bottle of water, how are you going to accept this free gift of grace that Jesus offers. You have to come to the end of yourself. You have to have humility. Because if you don't, you won't be able to accept it. This is what the Judaizers, this is the problem that they had. It was too easy. They had to do something. They had to earn it because of their pride. You know, and and why is this not the good news? Well, I think the first thing, 
The reason why grace plus works is not the good news is because it actually doesn't reflect the truth about reality, about humanity. This is what Paul said in Galatians, in verse 11, in in chapter 1. He said, Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. You know, you, you need to think, why would Paul say this? Why do they need to understand this? Well, because human reasoning says, I have to earn it. I have to pay for it. No one can do something that nice and I don't have to do anything for it. That's human reasoning. Paul is saying no. And, and, and the gospel, the gospel of Christ is actually pretty offensive when you think about it. It's pretty offensive because what it's saying is, is that you cannot do it. You cannot do it. You're utterly broken. You're utterly powerless to save yourself. You're a sinner. Sin is when we go our own way against God's way for us. False gospels minimize our need for a savior. They say, oh, you know, you're not that bad. You're good. You just need to, you know, work a little hard and Jesus will do the rest. That's that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says we are utterly helpless and then Christ came. That's what the gospel is. We we tell ourselves, you know, I'm not that bad. At least I'm not as bad as that person. Right? But I'll, I'll be 100% honest with you. I can relate to Paul when he said, Paul said in, in Romans 7, he said, what a wretched person I am. Because Paul knows himself. He knows his heart and his desires. And if I'm honest, my desire is selfishness. I want what's good for me. Right? And I catch myself doing this often, like I'll, I'll, I'll speed up so that I can cut someone off because I want to get there faster. Right? We do things like this all the time. I do. I shouldn't put this on you. I'm assuming you do though too. We, we want comfort. We want convenience. We're out for ourselves. Humanity is naturally selfish. When you go back and read Genesis 3 where Adam and Eve sin, it's because of their selfish desires to be like God, to know what God knew. The second thing, you know, grace plus works, it does not lighten the burden. It adds to it. You know, the good news of the gospel, it lightens our burden because it says, it's Jesus plus nothing. Like, that's freeing. But when it's Jesus plus works, I just, I I always ask people, how do you know if you ever did enough? How do you know if you ever did enough good things in your life? You You will never know. You'll always live in that pressure of, I've got to do one more thing. The good has to weigh out, outweigh the bad. But are you walking around with a thing? Okay, I did 50 good things and 49 bad things today, so I'm still in the green. Like, we don't do that. There's such a burden that you carry when you have to earn it. Because the truth is, is that you'll never know if you ever did enough until you die. And then you'll find out, and then it's too late. There's no do-overs for this life. What a burden. 
You know, Jesus said that, that he came to give us a burden that was light, a yoke that was easy. He was speaking in regards to this, this Ju, the Judaizers essentially saying, you have to do this and this and this and this and this and earn and earn and earn. And he's saying, you can never, you, you can never do that. You can never earn enough. My burden is light. My yoke is easy. You know, I think this is one of the reasons why our society as a whole deals with so much anxiety and depression. And even in the church, you know, because I think sometimes we forget that we are saved by grace alone. It's not of our own doing. And that, that's such a freeing truth. And this, this news, you know, that we were talking about, this is a serious, serious issue. And Paul, Paul said it this way. He said it this in verse 8. He said, let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. What's at stake here? The, the reason why Paul is so serious is because it's not just the temporal here here and now, it's the eternal. It's not just what we can see, but it's the things we can't see that, that matter. And when we get salvation wrong, when we try to earn our salvation, that sends us down a different path than if we say, Jesus, I trust you and you alone for the finished work of the cross. And Paul says, anyone, anyone, any, any pastor, any leader, any revolutionary, any supernatural being or angel or demon that comes and preaches a different kind of good news, let that person be cursed. Now, this word cursed, it's not like, you know, cursing like in a like magic sense, but essentially what, what it means is that this person should be banned from ever teaching again because they're leading people astray like the Judaizers were. And so, you know, we've talked a lot about what the gospel is not. I want to come back to the question I asked you earlier. You know, what would you say to someone who comes up to you and says, I want to know the good news of Jesus. I want to know how to have a relationship with Jesus. I think it's okay to, to have your Bible with you. You know, e either this one or I, I normally read my Bible on my phone. And who doesn't have their phone in their pocket all the time? Open the Bible up and see what it says. And I love this passage. Write this down. S -s next time someone asks you, what's the good news of, of what Jesus did for me? Take them to Titus 3, 4 through 7. Because this is Paul. This is Paul's words through the power of the Spirit talking to, to Titus, a young leader. He says, when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, he saved us. Not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. I mean, this is so good. This is the good news. This is what we're talking about. This is the gospel that saves it's not because of the righteous things we've done, but because of his mercy. 
Another way that could be translated is because of his grace, because of his love. He washed away our sins. He took all of that sin and that shame and that brokenness and took it upon himself on the cross. That's the gospel. And I love, I love that last sentence. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. You know, Romans 10.9 says, If you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and confess with your mouth God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's the simplicity of the gospel. And you can have confidence. So if you're a Christian in here today and you've put your trust and your faith in Jesus, you can have confidence that you will inherit eternal life. Something that grace plus works will never be able to offer because you'll never do enough. You'll never know if you've done enough. It's Jesus plus nothing. Jesus plus nothing. Some of you have seen this picture before. Um, I, I call it the great chasm. I don't know if there's an official name. But this is kind of just a, a picture of, of where we are spiritually. See, this is humanity over here. This is you and me. This is the chasm. This is God. Let's pretend this chasm is the Grand Canyon. The Grand Canyon is 24 miles from rim to rim, 24 miles across. I looked it up because I think I, I've told you this before. I love like feats, great human feats. The person with the world record long jump, which means you run and you jump into the sand, jumped 30 feet. That's incredible. 30 feet. That's, that's more than this stage. Now, if we put that guy on one end of the rim and he went and he jumped 30 feet, we'd be like, wow, that's incredible, but now he's dead. I could maybe jump five feet and I go and try to jump. The result's the same, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter that he can jump 30 feet when you're talking about 24 miles. That doesn't matter. And the truth is, is that the chasm, the separation between us and God is insurmountable. It's literally impossible for us to get from one end to the other by our own effort. Even if you give it your all. Even if you jump 31 feet, right? Even if you jumped 23 miles, it's still not enough. But this is what Jesus did. Is he came and he Bridge that gap. Hebrews said he's the mediator between humanity and, and the Father. Because Jesus was fully human. He experienced the same things that we experience. Yet, he's fully God. He's fully deity. He overcame them. So he can understand what we go through in this life. And as we're going to see as we move forward in the book of Galatians, that a key theme is grace and freedom. Freedom from the shackles of the law that says you have to earn your way because this is earning our way, doing enough good works, which we'll never be able to do. This is Jesus plus nothing. Jesus did all the work. And so here's the question we're going to end with. Are you trusting 
in Jesus alone for your salvation? Or have you fallen for a different gospel? And I really want you to think about this. Because again, you can say it, but maybe you don't, maybe you haven't really believed it. Maybe you still struggle that Jesus is enough. Jesus is sufficient. You know, we, we deal with these types of things that even as Christians, we say, oh, I need to do this, this thing because I, I need to be a good person for God to love me. Again, good works are a product, but not the means. We will do good works, but in salvation, it's Jesus alone. And so if you're here this morning, this free gift of grace by faith is available to you. If you would confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, that's all it takes. That's it. You can experience that freedom and have that confidence in Christ. You know, and maybe you're here this morning and, and, and uh, you have put your trust and your faith in Jesus and you're walking with him. Again, come back to the basics. Remember these basic truths because when we neglect, we can get offline. We can start to go down that road of, I got to earn it. I got to earn it. But we need to remember it's Jesus plus nothing. And I love this because this really shows, if you know anything about Paul's life, that, that he had a colorful past, right? He was a Christian murderer. But this is what he says at the end of Galatians 1. He says, all they knew, the people he was preaching to, all they knew was that people were saying, the one who used to persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. They praise God because of, of his testimony. God can use you. God can use your past. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what you're going to do. God will continue to use that in ways that you could never even begin to imagine. So my prayer is that you would let God use you. That you would look for those opportunities to share the good news of the gospel. And that you would put your whole trust and your whole faith in Jesus alone for your salvation. Let's pray.